Hello, med students. My name is Zach Olson, and thank you for downloading this week's episode of the EM Clerkship Podcast. I hope you are all doing very well, and as always, shoot me an email if there are any issues I can help you with, or if you just need somebody to talk to, I am here for you. I care about you. Very important content these next few weeks. I have been brainstorming this for several months, actually. This was going to be the core selling point of a paid course I was going to develop, actually, on Teachable or something, until I decided that I was just going to do this for free and just... We've had this conversation before in the Real Talk episode. How to crush your slow. That was going to be the topic. That was going to be the course. I was going to call it slow crushers or something stupid. Anyways, and I didn't want it to be generic cliche advice. I really wanted to craft an actual system for you, the the slow crushers method or something. Going beyond be professional, own your patience, yada, 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 cliche advice, right? Like I was trying to come up with an actual system that I thought would really work well. And so I literally sat down and I brainstormed on my office whiteboard everything I could think of that if you did it, you would be the best medical student I ever had. That was like the driving question, how to teach and create the perfect med student. How would I train you myself if I knew that you were all going to come rotate at my hospital with me in a few months? The perfect med student, which for you means a great slow, right? And even more than that, a really good med student, they, they get more than just like a good slow. They get really good comments on their slow. And that's especially important when you're interviewing. So to understand my, my strategy and my mindset, you have to understand the emergency department that I'm currently at. And it's not unlike emergency departments that you will rotate at. Usually they're incredibly busy. They're frequently understaffed. And they're just drowning in patients that are either critically sick or they're complicated or they're upset or they're whatever. And so if you're working with residents, like your resident is pushing themselves to learn efficiency, see more and more patients. And it's, it's very difficult for them. For me as a young attending, it's that time factor, the time management is still difficult for me. Because it's just like a constant current of, of people and tasks and interruptions, and it's not enough time to do everything that needs to be done. And so I'm going to teach you how to take advantage of that and kind of capitalize on that and, and learn how you can kind of step up to help. I said this last week. Emergency medicine is very much a team sport. It is a ship that is caught in a daily storm, and it's all hands on deck, and we are about to sink. And it doesn't matter your rank or what your title is, if you're a student, a tech, a nurse, a resident, an attending, whatever. In the emergency department, it is super duper, very pragmatic. If you are able-bodied and actually help we like you. And on the flip of that, if you're just like getting in the way and you're not contributing or you're just learning, right, which should never be the case after you listen to these episodes, you're pretty much dead weight. And we all wish, at least subconsciously, we would never say it, but we, we wish that you were kind of just out of the way and gone. And I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. I'm just kind of trying to shoot straight here. So if you're like 
on your your phone or you're just sitting on your ass like I just want to be like, hey, like, get the fuck out, right? We wish you were just out of the way when things get busy because you've made yourself dead weight. And you know that and you've felt that on rotations, that feeling of, I wish I knew what I could do to help. I feel like I'm just getting in the way. I'm going to teach you how to avoid that feeling and how you can contribute and not have to ask. Purely helpful, never annoying. That's the goal. Because I very much believe that the perfect medical student has a role in helping the emergency department function, which I believe is is undiscovered and undeveloped still. I promise you, if you make your residents and your attendings and your nurses' lives easier, if you contribute to making patient care better, and I'm going to teach you how, you are set. Welcome to the family. You'll get a great slow. Each of these upcoming weeks is going to have a a general kind of theme to it. But basically, I'm going to create a long checklist of tips that are kind of all my opinion, but I think it's really good advice for for you over these next few few weeks. And you can write it down. And again, it's just a running list of, of tips on how to be helpful and likable and how to improve patient care during your rotation. I'm going to do my best to teach you how to be the best damn medical students in the world. So here goes. This week, we are keeping it real basic. Let's discuss the appropriate mindset and attitudes and traits of an emergency medicine-bound student as they rotate through the emergency department on shifts. What would I recommend that you specifically act like? Nothing generic. This is very specific advice. There's no papers on this stuff. This is just kind of in my experience. Tip number one. Introduce yourself. If you want to crush your slow, you're going to have to really kind of go for it. You're going to have to be memorable. Otherwise, I think that your slow kind of just tends to get sucked towards the the mean, the average slow. Unmemorable students gravitate towards average slows. At the end of your rotation, your attendings and your residents, we typically have like a little powwow, uh, a group email, a chat, whatever, on each of your performances. I've rotated with lots of students, and when really nobody has anything good or bad feedback to give, uh, it's because like nobody really remembers you that well. You need to be memorable if you want to get a good slow. Now, the key here is to be memorable in a good way. And over these next few weeks, I'm going to teach you how to do that because if you are memorable and annoying, you are going to completely bomb. Okay. You're going to bomb your slow. But if you're memorable in a good way, top third, top 10%, that's what you're going to get. And that's assuming you you do well on your medical knowledge side of things, which you, you should if you've been listening to this show. But that all brings us back to tip number one, the importance of introducing yourself. This is the single best way to be memorable. Now, you don't have to be like super awkward with it, right? Like, I'm student Dr. Zachary Olson. Like, no. Walk up to your resident, your attending, your nurse, your patient, your clerk, the janitor, the cafeteria people, whatever. Look at everybody and look them in the eye and shake their hand and say, my name is Zach. I'm a medical student that is working with you today. And if you've worked with them a million times, my name is Zach. We worked together yesterday. I'm a medical student that's working with you again today. And then each and every patient too. Shake their hand, look them in the eye Hold out your badge so they can read it. 
My name is Zach. I'm one of the medical students who will be taking care of you today. Over and over and over and over. This is a trick that I learned and has been incredibly effective as an attending. I walk in. Hello, my name is Dr. Olson. I'm the emergency medicine doctor taking care of you today. Olson like the Olson twins, and I show them my badge, and then I talk to them, and I do my history, but then when I walk out, I repeat the whole thing again, just, and I'll say that, like, again, my name is Zach Olson. I'm one of the emergency medicine doctors. If you need something, please ask anybody. Tell the nurses to grab Dr. Olson. I can help you with anything you need. Ever since I started doing that as an attending, and patients, like, walk out of the emergency department, they go, they go, bye, Dr. Olson. Thanks again. And I'll say it again, if you need anything at all, we're open 24-7. I'm here the rest of the day. Just let triage know that you saw Dr. Olson earlier. Please come back if necessary. And, and good feedback is just going to kind of make its way back to you because people know what your name was. And that's what you, you need. That's like, this is hugely important. And this is, yeah, in some ways this is selfish, but it like infinitively that's not a word, but it improves the patient experience because it helps orient them to what's going on. There's so many people walking in, who's who, that kind of thing. And so this very much improves patient care, but it's it's somewhat selfish too. You're going to be doing a good job. And if you want that feedback of them being like, man, they did a good job. If you want that to make it all the way back to your attending or to like the clerkship director who you're not even working with. You, you want to get that high level of patient ownership that gets mentioned on the slow. People need to know your name. Patients specifically need to know your name. You need to be their go-to person. Your name, your name needs to be like out there. You want your attending going into the room and your patient mentions you by name. And then you want your attending to be like, Zach, oh, yes, Zach, he's one of our great students. And then boom, home run. You're gold if that happens. You have to introduce yourself. And I will say here, well, in my experience, if a patient is clearly drug-seeking or they're raising a ruckus, they're psychotic, they're attacking staff, they're violent, they're, they're being a problem, and you're going to have to lay down the law as an attending, kind of like when I know it's going to be kind of tough love, I don't, I don't, again, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but you would be smart to maybe say your, your like last name like once kind of mumble it, flip your badge backwards, and, like, you just don't want to be the most memorable person on the team because, again, like, they all complain and you just don't want to be the memorable person. You don't want to be, obviously, the only name that they remember. Same thing with attendings and residents. If they are in a god-awful mood and you can tell, like, oh, my attending today is having a bad day, I would not say your name over and over and over because they'll like subconsciously associate you with that like bad day. So you want to have some finesse with this. But generally speaking, if things are going well, say your name, say your name, 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 name. That's step number one. As much as possible without it being like too ridiculous. Like there's probably a limit to this, but it's more than what you would think. You want to script your name into your attendings and residents and patients' minds so that when they fill out your evals at the end of the month, your name is the only fucking name that they can remember. When the residency program is going through their rank list prior to match day, you want to be remembered. That's tip number one. Tip number two. You want to be humble but confident. Being memorable does absolutely no good. It, it hurts you if people hate you. 
So you need to be humble but confident. What is the emergency department attitude? The attitude that we don't just love to see in our students, but that you are going to need to have for the rest of your career. Humble but confident. Humility. You need like actual, genuine humility. You can't fake it. You have to actually feel it. And this applies until you retire from medicine. Because this is a job that I can tell you from firsthand experience as someone who was not humble that this job will humble you. Every shift, I see things that I haven't seen before. And if you think you know it all or you think you're kind of, I'm a very good student or resident, and you think you know almost it all and you know more than most, I'm just going to shoot straight. You're honestly probably too dumb to realize how much you don't know. It's called the Dunning-Kruger effect. You can look it up, but forever and ever and ever, I don't care how much experience you have, true humility is a trait that you need to develop. When a nurse clarifies an order with you, be like, oh my God, thanks for clarifying. I want to make sure that I didn't make a mistake because mistakes happen. And when they catch something for you, say like, oh my God, I made a mistake. Thank you so much for catching it. Humility. It's okay. You can be humble. You can admit when you don't know things. When a nurse or someone up, when they come up with a good diagnostic idea or recommend that the patient gets a specific medicine, even if you had the same thought, be humble. Seriously consider what they are saying and say, that's a good idea. Thank you. Humility makes you likable. And it also saves your ass because your team is going to be more willing to speak, speak to you. And your ass will be saved whenever you make mistakes, which you will. And you're going to want them doing that in this job. It's just an extra layer of security for you. And I will add, this is absolutely not false humility. I know what I know and what I don't know. That is bullshit. You don't know jack shit about what you know and what you don't know. That's why you don't know it. You have to be humble in this career. And this applies especially to medical students. I love y'all, but you have like a lot to learn. And if you don't feel incredibly humble at this stage of your training, I guarantee you that you are probably an idiot. And I can say that because I've legitimately studied almost every day since medical school, except for maybe a day off here or there and on vacation. I'm reading all the time. And all that has shown me is how little I actually know. Literally, as a young attending still, every day I just realize Ah, I don't know that much. I know less and less and less. You have to be humble. But this has a caveat to it. And as I have have read more and I've become more humble, like the more you study, the more humble you feel, I have also been growing in my confidence. You want to be humble but confident. Sure, I don't really know all the stuff I don't know yet. But... I do know, and I can rest in the fact that I have been studying and am trying my damn hardest to get it right. And the longer I have done this, the more time my brain has like magically caught something, recognized something, knew something that saved a life that I just know other doctors wouldn't have caught. When you're just doing your best and you're studying hard, you can confidently, you can rest in that. You can be confident. You want to work hard, studying. You want to be humble, but confident. That's, the, that's that line you need to walk. I'm going to break it down for you. As a medical student, you are probably, unless you had a long career before this as a medic or something like that, you are probably the least experienced least helpful person in the department. But that does not 
by any way mean that you are not incredibly talented, that you're not on track with where we all expect you to be, and that you can't be immensely helpful to both us and to the patients and improve patient care. You want to be humble but confident. Don't walk with a swagger. Don't walk with a limp. Whew, getting all fired up. Tip number three, focus. This is the single professionalism skill that is going to be the most beneficial for your slow and for your career. It is the ability to focus on, on the task that's going on, the task at hand. It's not your humor or your cool hobbies or your skydiving trip or your bow tie. It's your focus. The best doctors and the best students in this job have just incredible focus. They tend to come across as more quiet. But to be honest, unless things are completely dead in the department, all conversation should probably be dedicated to, to what is going on right now. You should not be the one starting a conversation on non-work-related topics to try to make yourself sound cool or something like that. This is a weakness of mine still. I'm still not great at this. But if you can just practice on focusing on patient care, talk a little bit less, be a little more quiet. This is going to help you fit in very well in the department, and it's going to avoid and help you sidestep that landmine of you being the annoying person. Because the last thing that you want is to be the student who is joking around when you accidentally didn't realize that shit was hitting the fan. You don't want to be blabbing about this and that when you can be doing literally anything to help out your resident or your attending. Blabbing is low yield. If you want an average slow, then sure, you can talk about your random hobbies or the movie you watched or whatever. And as long as you are cognizant of when things are busy, you're not going to get too far off track. But if you want to be excellent, you need to focus and think, what is the next thing that I can do to support the team and improve patient care? How can I make this patient's experience better? It goes a long way. Focus is so, so important. Tip number four. You are not here to learn. You are not here to learn. This applies, and people will tell you that you are, and they're wrong. This applies to anybody who knows in advance what specialty you plan on matching into, not just emergency medicine. Your core rotation, and you know what that rotation is, should not be when you whip out pretest or you're downloading podcasts or doing a QBank. You need to quite frankly, sacrifice one of your shitty rotations for that. Again, I know that saying this stuff can get me in trouble, but I'm trying to just shoot straight with you. Your slow is the single most important piece of your application into emergency medicine alongside your step scores. You are not here to learn. I guarantee that you're going to see patients with abdominal pain and chest pain and shortness of breath and COPD and MIs and pneumonia and fractures. But I can't tell you when. You may see five patients all with fractures on your first shift, and if you read up on them after because you didn't know anything about what you were doing, it's too late. It is totally possible that you will not see another fracture for the remainder of your rotation. You need to know your shit coming into your rotation. You are not here to learn the fundamentals of emergency medicine. You should already know that. During your rotation, you need to be 100% focused on figuring out ways to make yourself useful to the team and improving patient care. Focused 
on your case presentation, focused on reading up on the random stuff that your attending happens to be interested in. Sure, read up on cases you have seen. Absolutely. That way it kind of solidifies long-term. But if your attending seems to have like a weird fetish about like Lyme's disease and its emergency department manifestations, you would be very wise to have a working knowledge about all papers on that topic before you have your shift with them. And you're not going to have time to do that if you don't know how to give a presentation or types of pain medicines or the approach to altered mental status because you're going to have to be studying that instead. You want to be prepared coming in. If you see a patient with COPD and you can't even begin to articulate to an attending the steps of management, you're screwed. That attending, who you may never work with again, now sees you as the student who didn't know about a, a core emergency medicine condition. And it doesn't matter if it's your first day. You just have to have your studying done before your clerkship. You are not here to learn that this cannot be the primary time where you're trying to pick all of this up. Again, no one, no one's going to tell you this because it's not like PC, but I'm just, I'm just shooting straight again. I will say in addition to that, in an ideal world, sure, all attendings and residents, we're going to be doing bedside teaching and little mini lectures during your shifts, but that's not actually like how it works in the real world. Real world, the ship is sinking and it should be a bonus that attendings and residents take the time to teach you about basics that you should already know. Pick one of your shitty rotations where you're on call every three nights, but nobody gives you anything interesting to do, and you can care less if you match into it, and that's the time to target for your target specialty. And again, I know this is not politically correct advice. That's one of the reasons I'm not in academics. I like being able to just kind of like shoot straight, and I don't know how many you know academic attendings would tell you that, but I'm just trying to kind of help you out. Don't fail a clerkship, obviously. That would be very bad. It's okay if you don't honor everything, though. I didn't honor everything. I got satisfactory on quite a few rotations, and it was okay. The emergency medicine rotation, your core rotation, is the one that matters most. And I'm going to do one more tip for today. Tip number five, and this is going to be a theme that carries through all the future weeks here. Help. Tip number five is help. Again, if you want to get a good slow, in my opinion, when you are on your rotation, your focus should be 100% on anticipating and assisting without being asked stuff that your attendings and residents need completed, stuff that your patients need to have good care, how to optimize patient care. This includes how to make things run efficiently so that patients don't have to sit in the emergency department all day. Like, would you want to sit in the ED all day if, like, someone could have just, like, grabbed the urine, like, an hour ago? Like, no. Like, you want to you wanna be helpful. You know how, like, when you're on your surgery rotation and the surgeon, literally, they just kind of, like, open their hand and then a member of the OR team immediately places the next, like, correct instrument in their hand? It's that anticipation of what the surgeon will need that makes – these teams run just like incredibly efficiently. I don't need a scalpel in emergency medicine. What I need, again, is almost always a urine sample from a patient that is watching a YouTube movie on their cell phone. You need to know that and, and get the urine sample. We need your help. That's it for this week. If I'm off-putting to any of you or if you're, if you're super angry, I don't really care. This is all my opinion, but I think this is great advice if you want to get a great slow. You need to get your mindset right heading into your rotation. Like, game face is on. This is a big deal. Introduce yourself by your first name. You want to be memorable. You want to be humble but confident. Don't walk with a swagger. Don't walk with a limp. 
You want to focus. Stay focused on the task. And especially don't be talking like movies when you're attending or your resident is managing like a hemorrhagic stroke, right? You are, are not here to learn. This, the, the fundamentals of emergency medicine should be learned prior to your rotation starts, whatever your target specialty is going to be. It's not that you won't learn. You're going to learn a ton. But the, those fundamentals, you should already have those mastered. And then specifically, most importantly of all, if you want to get a good slow, you're going to need to learn how to help, how to incorporate into the team, how to make your attendings' life easier, your residents' life easier, how to improve patient care. This is going to be a key theme that carries through on future weeks. So this is to be continued next week. Send me an email, Zach at emclerkship.com, Z-A-C-K at emclerkship.com with any comments. I'm sure I'm going to get quite a few. But until next week, keep working hard, keep studying, and be sure to enjoy your shift.